Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. This week marks the one-year anniversary of the pandemic. And for many of us, the pandemic has been so unbelievably disruptive economically or uh, financially or even health-wise. I, I know several people who have died of coronavirus over this last year. I know others who are what are referred to as long haulers that continue to have symptoms preventing a full recovery from having had coronavirus. I know yet others who coronavirus hit them personally, but not hard at all. You, Krista, had coronavirus, as did your whole family three months ago? In December. In December. And... Of the four of you, your two kids, your husband and you, none of you really had it bad, did you? Yeah, we were very fortunate. And you had one symptomless, two minor symptoms, and you were the one with a little bit more? Well, I didn't, none of us, luckily, it didn't go into our chest. Like, we didn't have any respiratory issues, really. Um, But uh, I lost my my, uh, taste and smell for a week, and I was exhausted, but and I'm blame, I'm blaming my current like inability to remember things on it. But I don't know if I'm a long hauler, if that's just me. But yeah, we were fortunate. Maybe, maybe you work too much and you get overwhelmed. No, never. I love my job. But people who have not had the health problems or the financial problems, a lot of people have had psychological issues from coronavirus. The isolation. Think about how tough this has been for kids. Thank goodness now uh, 75, 80% of kids are back in the classroom or have access to being back in the classroom. Hopefully soon that'll be 100%. The college students uh, not being in the classroom, I think, has been terrible for them. And the reason for that, particularly in a college environment, is the instructors and professors tend to be much older and tend to be in the age categories where corona could so easily be deadly. Well, now those older professors and instructors, older teachers, are getting shots in arms, and we can get people back in the classroom at the college level as well as in kindergarten through 12th. And this is great. A lot of kids have not been able to handle online school, maybe didn't even have good or any internet access and they've just fallen behind they've lost a year in the work world the the difference from one person to another and how they're doing was not necessarily based on anything about them just the type of job or who they worked for when coronavirus started and so we've had 50 million people very severely impacted financially where their jobs either evaporated, cut back, whatever, during coronavirus. And then, as we've talked about before, many others who kept their jobs but didn't have things to spend money on 
because of all the lockdowns and restrictions and all that, and even personal decisions not to go out and do things. And so they have more money today than they had before. I mean, it's a weird, weird kind of thing. But the really good news for our society is that uh, the scientific community, the pharmaceutical community, were able to, in record time, create these vaccines that give us the ability to end the threat to our lives and our health from coronavirus. The Israelis, which are by far the furthest along in getting population inoculated, have found that their death rates fell almost immediately by 75% from coronavirus, hospitalizations by a similar number. And so this is a game changer. Now, with that game change comes something that is haphazardly rolling out around the world from governments and from private enterprises like IATA, the International Air Transport Association, has come up with a passport, a travel passport, a COVID passport, if you will. And it's an example of private industry trying to find its way to having a method for you to tamper-proof to prove that you are A-OK, that you've been vaccinated and you're safe for travel on airplanes. Uh, Various governments around the world have tamper-proof methods of you having a, a COVID passport. The United States federal government has chosen not to do that at this time, but many employers are going to require that in order for you to return to the office to be able to prove that you have been vaccinated. And so I'm sure there will be people who love working at home who will say, I just can't come up with any proof for you (laughs) so they can stay at home. And it'll be uh, something to watch this year as employers that tend to be more authoritarian and are driven crazy by people working from home will be ordering people back into a traditional office environment. And others will have discovered, hey, the employees seem to do just fine working from home, and we don't need to order them back. In fact, maybe we don't even need this office space. So there will emerge, though, uh, some method of a digital passport that will give you the freedom to enter facilities and do things that you may not have had to this point. I can tell you for me, having had uh, my second shot February 11th, that psychologically life feels completely different for me now. And I am doing some, you know, it's my job to make the mundane exciting and the exciting mundane. And so I have actually re-entered the retail world, going into stores. And for me, you know, you think about what I do for a living, being able to go in stores is a big, big deal. And seeing the trends and and how things have changed over the last year in retail, having come the closest to a store doing curbside pickup for nearly a year, it is a big, big change. But retailers are still reporting that what they call footfall uh, we in the business publications, the number of people going to stores 
is still significantly down. And even though sales are near normal again, the number of people that are going into stores may never be back to where it was. And Krista, it's time for some questions that people have posted. And I want to mention that you get about 100 questions for every one we can get to in the podcast. Oh, so many questions. Or is it more than 100 It's to less one? than that, but it's a lot. It just depends on the day. And um, I wish we could get to all of them. It's it it's really hard, but that's why we have our Consumer Action Center too. Um, if you go to Clark.com slash CAC, we have uh, volunteers who are answering the phones Monday through Friday, getting to questions that we can't. So first question I have here is from Gail in Missouri. She says, is it true that we do not have to claim or are not going to be taxed for unemployment income on 2020 federal taxes if our adjust, adjusted gross income is under $150,000? So I've read the rules on the portion of unemployment that will be tax-free, and the rules made my eyes glaze over a little bit. What I want to do is next week address this in full, if I can, on how the non-taxable portion of unemployment insurance will work. Uh, Unemployment insurance, if you're not aware historically is taxed just like wages and this was part of the new stimulus law just passed and signed into law by president biden that gives you an exemption from tax on a certain amount of unemployment and there are check marks of things that qualify you for that tax-free status for a portion of unemployment and i want to give you exact dollars and cents and i'll do that next week Tina in Oklahoma says the paper COVID-19 vaccination form is asking for my complete social security number and date of birth and address. Also, they're requiring me to bring my driver's license. I feel like I'm being exposed to the possibility of identity theft. What should I do? Tina, you are right. This process for vaccinating for people getting the vaccination does open you wide open to the possibility of identity theft. The same thing occurs when you go for a test of coronavirus, a rapid or the slower test, that you are exposing yourself to identity theft. And this is part of the process about how you get these things for free and has to do with reimbursements for the provider that gives you either a test or gives you a vaccine. So this is An ultimate example why, if you haven't done so yet, you need to freeze your credit. A free, simple process that you can do really quickly. And if you want to know how to do it, go to Clark.com slash credit freeze. Okay, and Amy Amy in Oklahoma says, I heard you talking about making travel plans, but nothing that's non-refundable. My daughter's high school class is taking a trip to Washington, D.C., They were supposed to go in April of 2020. Obviously, that was canceled. I was refunded my $2,000, but not my $200 deposit. They're now rescheduling the trip for September. I would normally skip right past the trip insurance, but wondered if it might be worth it. The insurance that's offered with the package is $102 and is labeled cancel for any reason up to two days prior to the trip. I read the fine print, and it only covers 75% of the trip. So of my $2,200, I would lose my $200 deposit and then only get back 75%, which would be about $1,500. 
Obviously, I don't want to lose my money if something happens, but this is a pricey trip, and I also don't want to needlessly pay an extra $102. We're coming out of coronavirus, but I just don't know if something weird will happen. So the price of the insurance is right in normal line. It's about 5% of the cost of the trip. And I love cancel for any reason trip insurance, which the coronavirus showed how valuable that is. The reason you don't get back 100% is that people wouldn't face any financial penalty for just saying, oh, well, we don't want to go. But it covers things that would not be covered by the language of the insurance. Uh, I'm not worried about coronavirus causing the trip to be canceled later this year. I am worried about, though, what could happen in your own life or your child's life. And so buying the insurance, I think, is a well-spent $102. And then Brian in South Carolina says, I'm currently investing in Bitcoin and was curious as to what you think of Bitcoin IRAs and which company you would recommend. So this is a hot thing right now, pitching that you can do either a Bitcoin savings account or Bitcoin IRA and earn 6 to 10% is typically what's being offered. Although I saw a story this past week where people were being promised 12% return on their money. This is a very risky way to save for your retirement. Bitcoin has gone up to irrational numbers and could just as easily come back down to earth. It is a speculative venture and not for the faint of heart, and I don't recommend a Bitcoin IRA. I recommend much more conventional investing for retirement. If you like Bitcoin or other cryptos and you want to be involved in that, know that it is way to the edge of something I don't even remotely call it investing. It needs to be the money you would not lose sleep about if you lost much or all of it. Next, I want you to know the car industry is going through enormous change, and there's a big race underway to serve you through this transition. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. The vehicle business is going through the greatest change it has in over 100 years. And although it's probably too dramatic to compare the horse and buggy to early automobiles, the reality is... Everything about the vehicle business is going through a just incredibly rapid change over this decade. And the gas engine car that you drive, well, it'll still have 
a place for a while. There will still be places to fill up pretty rapidly, quicker than you can probably picture what we're going to buy as an SUV, a pickup truck, a vehicle of any kind, crossover, is going to rapidly convert to electric. Volkswagen has announced that they are building six uh, gigafactories for battery production. And it's something that we need to do in the United States because right now the Chinese understand better than it seems the rest of the world that the gas engine vehicle is done. It's over. And the Chinese now control a huge amount of the battery production in the world. And just for national security reasons, we in the United States have got to get all over this. Uh, So far, Tesla and GM are the only ones that really, really seem to get this and are doing everything they can to build gigafactories for battery production. If you don't know what that word gigafactory means, it was an Elon Muskism of building, uh, I think, the world's largest factory originally near Reno, Nevada. And instead of calling it a factory, they called it a gigafactory. And so now these gigas are being built in various places in the world, and we cannot afford in the United States to fall behind on this. Now, the reality is is that in the next couple of years, buying an electric vehicle will be substantially cheaper up front than buying a gas engine, and then owning one, uh, fueling it, if you will, and maintaining it will be a tiny fraction of the cost of gasoline vehicles. So this is a transition that's coming down the tracks, and you know who's terrified of it are car dealers. I mean, they are frightened beyond measure. And look at what Volvo's doing. Volvo is converting, I realize it's a rich people's brand, but they're converting to the only way you can buy a Volvo is online at volvo.com and which is really something that tesla pioneered where to pick out a tesla and order one and set up to pay for it and all that takes about seven or eight minutes compare that to the traditional process at a car dealer that takes three to four hours and the dealers are very afraid of losing control of the pricing of their products and that is going to happen other than on their used vehicle lot it's over And so you're going to see dealers do something like what dealers have been doing in the state of Georgia, and this will be copied around the country, trying to outlaw the free market and make it illegal for you to buy a car online and force you to buy a vehicle from a dealer. And that's crazy, ridiculous infringement on your personal economic choice, your personal decision-making And we'll see how that ultimately plays out. But it is really risky right now to buy a very expensive vehicle new. Because the risk is if you buy a gas engine vehicle of any kind, the depreciation on it is going to be much larger than historical when you look three, four, five years down the line as the vehicle fleet here and around the world converts to the much more efficient electric power plants. The 
range of electric vehicles has now topped 400 miles for some of the models out in the marketplace. But the most recent stuff I'm reading says that the range will approach 500 to 600 miles probably in the next year and a half. So it is a totally different kind of marketplace. Now, my original Nissan Leaf from nine-plus years ago has a range of 35 miles left on its batteries, and that is useful for neighborhood driving only, and the newest Teslas are 500 miles in range for the most expensive ones, 400 for some of the others, and that's really where the marketplace has moved. Krista, what kind of questions you got for me? Well, Judy has a question about buying a car. She says, I'd like to buy a good used car. Should I use money out of my savings and pay up front or finance it, pay monthly, and keep my savings? So, Judy, I don't know how much you have in savings that you can afford to pay cash for a vehicle. If you're not going to use up all your savings or can build them back up pretty steadily, Pay cash for that vehicle. Know you own it, not have to worry about a loan. I love it when you can take money that's earning basically near zero and avoid a loan and own a vehicle from day one. And a couple of questions or comments as well about Zillow. You spoke about them doing, you know, buying your homes on a recent podcast. Juan says the Zillow's estimate may look great, like a great no-hassle offer, but when you get all the details in writing, the offer is the total they will pay you, and then go on to see a rundown of all the related fees, including cleaning, repairs, etc. Essentially what equates to a sales commission. The bottom line number you end up with would be about or the same or less than you'd probably get if you get a realtor to do the job. And you're right. Uh, but what you're getting is you're getting the house sold without any worry you know it's done and you don't have to worry about showings or anything like that or uh, buyers who might be nervous about going through with the purchase and back out or whatever so i would say that you're paying a convenience fee that may net you some less money than you would selling a traditional way but with the certainty that you're done, the house is sold, and you can move on. And then Brandon in Florida says, I recently heard you mention using Zillow to buy your home. I tried it and loved the offer they gave. We would walk away with about $90,000 in cash. It would allow us to pay off all our debt, including our car, and have about $30,000 left to use on a future down payment on a house. Do you think using the money to pay off our car and debts is a good idea? We would be renting a house in the short term until the market is good for buying houses. So the housing market's very tough right now, which is why it's pretty easy to sell a home right now. We've got a shortage of inventory in much of the country, and so that has bid prices up an abnormal amount. We're going to stay in this cycle until we have the next economic slowdown or significantly higher mortgage interest rates so renting for a while if that works for you is great Um, paying off your vehicle loan paying off other debts so it looks like it's around sixty thousand dollars and stuff is fine if you avoid going back into debt 
and money you were paying towards those debts every month goes to rebuild that cash hoard. If you're worried, though, that you would potentially go back into debt now that you would have paid it off, then it's a false economy to use this money to pay off the vehicle loan and the other debts because then the pressure's off and I'd be happier with you having the 90000 in cash if it disciplined you from going back into debt any more than the sixty you've got. But if you think you really could wipe out that and instead of taking on more debt, build up from that 30000 in cash available for a down payment down the road, then go for it. And then Sonny in Texas wrote, I was a prior caller on the air in June of 2017. I wanted to give you an update on my situation. Although it's taken longer than I expected due to having to help some of my family members in disaster situations like Hurricane Harvey and COVID, I've finally been able to pay off my credit card debt and save enough for a six-month emergency fund. I've also been able to contribute enough to my 401k to get the company match. Since we last spoke, I found a higher paying job and was blessed enough to be able to work from home during this pandemic while living on my own again. I want to say thank you so much for the financial advice and personal advice, letting go of the guilt that you have given me. It helped me through that difficult time in my life. I truly appreciate what you and your team do. Please keep doing what you do because it makes does make a difference. Well, Sonny, thank you very much for that. And all the heavy lifting was done by you. You know, you working your way out of the debts you had, building up the emergency fund, being able to contribute to the 401k. So here's your next step. This is your graduation gift from all those wonderful things that have happened for you that you caused to happen over these last almost four years. And that is, I want you to start boosting what you're putting in that 401k or open your own Roth IRA and build up even more money for a secure retirement down the road. And I know it's true, I would marry a Roth if I could. They are like the greatest thing ever as a way to put money aside for the future other than the exotic health savings account. So that would be your graduation gift to yourself is moving forward building up more money for the long term and i want to thank you so much for you are a perfect example of what it's like to be a member of team clark and if you are enjoying our podcast please subscribe review it and share it with your friends